Hi, this is Bobby Corella. Skin Wade is my best friend in the whole wide world, and you are listening to Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. Hello and welcome to the Corner 3, where we're posted up and spotted up, talking Dallas Mavericks basketball and all things NBA on and off the floor. Isaac Harris is joining me today. Well, first off, my name is Bobby Crella. Isaac Harris is joining us today, and he decided to open up his fizzy water bottle immediately as we started to record. Isaac, how are you? We're off to, to a great start. Um, I was thoroughly happy that Tim Cato got to hang out with you guys last week. Because mm, you abandoned us. I, yeah. I chose my <laughs> wife over basketball. Wow. But wow. We, uh, we had fun in New York. It was you hear that, Barb? Yep. Brownie points. Brownie right points. Mm. 48 <laughs> hours in New York. I did not know it would just drain you as much as it did. I was ready to crash for like it's, three days. Isn't that the city that never sleeps? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you sleep? No. No, it was great. <laughs> Out until like midnight, almost every, both the nights, and taking subways and eating in hole in the wall places. And oh, the best. Was, I love New great. York. A lot of fun. Didn't see Brunson, though. So mm. kind of bummed about Maybe that. Maybe next time. Can I tell you just. <laughs> You'll see him soon. That's true. After Christmas, my favorite thing my wife said in New York, we're walking down the street and she said, she looks at me completely serious and said, just think, Kevin was by himself. Like, and he was just a little boy. I'm like, are we really doing this right now? This <laughs> fictional kid? She's had a breakthrough moment. Yeah, I'm like, who freaking cares about this fictional kid? Like, Kevin McCall. No, that was a documentary. What are you talking about? That anyway, was for real. Just think about there it. You go. Just think about it. Uh, that that third voice, of course, as always, Kati Viabas joining us. What's up? What's going on? Uh, not much. Just uh, doing some radio yeah. here on 97.1 The Freak. And, of course, the Mavs YouTube channel. Yes. Wherever you are in the world, whether you're listening, whether you're watching. Uh, if you're listening, you can watch. If you're watching, you can listen. Hope you're having a great weekend. We're here to talk some basketball. We're here to have Let's some fun. Let's do it. We got four segments today. Yes. Woo! That's cool. Because uh, no Tim this week. Uh, next week though, got, got a nice surprise. Yeah, we got, got a, we got, got a, we got a good cooking. guest. Yeah, we got a good guest coming next week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I guess I can spoil it. <laughs> Chuck Cooperstein is going to be joining us next week. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I like tease it or whatever. The suspense lasted all of like. Well, I feel like the pro move is to tease it because if someone's like, man, I really love Coop, I'm definitely gonna tune in next week. Yeah. As opposed to keeping it a surprise. You're getting good at this radio thing. Oh wow. Oh, well, I got a lot of practice. Because, like, what if there's, like, a big... Does the pregame, postgame, halftime. Whoa! For Mavs Bulls, yeah. a great one. Great game. <laughs> great game. It's fantastic. Yeah. Filled in for peas, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Let's go. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I wish that the game would not have been a 30-point game at halftime. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe some more earballs would have been tuned in. But, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. So, I think we should just get right into it. The Mavs... Have continued to play basketball lately. Uh, Games are being played. Yep. They've won some of them. Uh, they've lost others. In fact, they've... So this is uh, Friday. The Mavs are about to uh, dismantle the oh, Portland Trailblazers, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, currently, they're 500. So they've won as many as they've lost. Or they've lost as many as they've won. Uh, or both. Which one's the glass half full on that one? They've won as many as they lost? I think so. Okay. There you go. That's yeah. how we're going to say it then. Yeah. But then I could also see how they've lost as many as they've won would sort of be optimistic because then it's like, okay, well, for every loss, they've also won. So it's not that bad, right? I think that's the other way. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go with you. 
Uh, but as it stands right now, the Mavs are ninth place in the West. And of course, I don't think anybody expected them to be uh, ninth place in the West. And I don't really think anyone wanted them to be ninth place in the West. I think it's fair to say that we wanted them to be like fourth place in the West or maybe even better in the West as they were last year. And so, you know, there's problems. Uh, the, you know, there's challenges facing this team, and we're about to dive into three of them. Um, this is our pick and roll, the meat and potatoes of the show. So we're going to basically vibe on this thing for almost the rest of the segment here, um, starting with maybe the most, uh, the most optics-related issue and, and certainly the thing that, you know, Twitter was a buzz about or a flutter about on Wednesday night whenever the Mavs played the Cavs. This is late in the first quarter, maybe like two or three minutes left in the first quarter. Cleveland uh, hit a shot to go up double figures. Dallas comes down the floor, and I think it was maybe Dorian Finney-Smith or Tim Hardaway committed a turnover. And the Mavs call a timeout, and Luka is walking toward the bench, shoulder slumped, kind of frustrated, you know, and uh, didn't high-five Dwight Powell. Now, I, I never thought so many people on Twitter would have wanted Luca to, to high-five Dwight Powell, to acknowledge <laughs> Dwight Powell's existence, but it was a problem. And then, uh, you know, he looked over at Mark, or at least in the direction of Mark. I'm assuming he probably looked at Mark uh, Cuban, and that was that. Then we cut to commercial break. And that, like, we Zapruder filmed that clip for oh, yeah. the next, you know, uh, there, people are still talking about it. But I think, like, the, the larger, that leads to a larger discussion, right? Which is... You have this 23-year-old player mm-hmm. who is a top five, three, top yeah. one player in the world. I mean, he's one of the best players alive already. Um, is under enormous pressure nightly to score 30-plus. You know, I think they've won one game this year when he hasn't scored at least 30 points. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to produce. He's also got to feed all of his teammates shots. You know, So he's got to score and he's got to pass. He's got to run the offense. He's got to play point guard. He's playing you know, 38, 40 minutes most games, you know, leading the NBA in minutes per game or top three or wherever he ranks, top one or two in usage rate. I mean, like, he's under a lot of pressure to produce. And he's also under a lot of pressure to, you know, uh, reel in his emotions, for lack of a better word. Um, Technical fouls have been an issue for the last couple seasons, and that's something that he's trying to improve on. And he has, although he did have a run where I think he got a tech like three games in a row. Uh, at one point this season, but otherwise he's been pretty, you know, pretty clean in that regard. But, um, you know, things like that, situations like that, when you're the superstar, when all eyes are on you and when you're under all this pressure and you're already kind of an emotional person to begin with, uh, and this isn't to disparage Luca, it's just his nature. He's an emotional guy. Um, it means that in moments like that, if there is some sort of like bad body language or think back to last season, how many times did Luca high five KP? You know, we were like, we were counting that at home. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they only high five three times now. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are they okay? You know, is, is something happening? Um, it just feels like we're going to be paying it, you know, people are going to be paying attention to everything that Luca does with the ball, without the ball, on the court, off the court, uh, whether he's smiling or frowning. And we're just going to be tallying all that stuff at home. And that just adds even more pressure onto it. So I don't even know where I want to like go with this, but I just want to acknowledge. How difficult, especially because we're going to talk about yeah. a guy that dealt with pressure uh, in our next segment too. Uh, how difficult it must be to be Luca, but also how important it is for superstars to understand that, like this, unfortunately, is kind of the reality. I think 
a lot of what you said is is very good because you have to put it in the perspective of like yes he is 23 years old and he has been given this like superstardom that you know like so leading the team he's only 23 so at 23 like are you the team leader like there, yeah, there's players that are younger than him, but like there's also a ton of players that are older than him. So like, how do how do you lead that? And then um, you mean yeah. like vocally and emotionally? Yeah, yeah. Vocally, obviously, on the yeah, court, yeah, yeah. he's the on the court. Yeah. Obviously, yes. I'm talking more no, now, like off the court, in the huddle, in the locker room. Like, are you? I don't know. I don't know if I see him like being like the vocal leader there yet. Um, with time, yes, for sure, he will be. It took Dirk but a while, for example. Yeah, it's yeah. just a lot of pressure to put on a 23-year-old, you know? And, like, he's a very emotional player to begin with. But it's, like, I don't think that that's a negative. So, like, for instance, um, yesterday on the stream, you were talking about Tom Brady. And I thought that resonated really well. I mean, like, Tom Brady is, like, 45 years old, and he's still over there, you know? Yeah, and this is what I this is what I was saying Being about very emotional on the field. Yeah, this is this is what I was saying about Tom is that you know we're told on the broadcast, oh Tom Brady, such it's a leader he of cares. men. Yeah, he just cares so much about he winning. Cares. As they're like showing a close up of him just ripping into his offensive yeah. lineman after one of them makes a mistake, and it's like, is that being a good leader or have you just won some Super Bowls? And then on the same like, turn, Aaron Rodgers Aaron does Rogers, the same. Rogers, yeah, yep. Aaron Rodgers is such a malcontent. He's just yelling at his coaches. Well, Tom Brady does the same thing. He's just a such a fiery winner. Yeah, you know, like we're just told these stories because, like, at the end of the day, none of us really knows. You know. Are these guys actual leaders? Are they good dudes? We don't know. We're, right. It's all just projection. It's stories that were told. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, um, I think, he's very vocal with the refs. He's very vocal with his teammates, and and that's just who he is. Um, to sit there and like pick everything apart, like action by action. I think that's if someone sat sat there and picked apart like your actions or my actions, like yeah, you're gonna find things to complain about. You're gonna find things that are like. Oh, that wasn't great because we're all human. No, I'm flawless. So, okay, all right. I have great body language all the time. <laughs> anyway, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac, I'm sure that did, did y'all have a whole pot about this or? <laughs> no, no. You know, it's it's you know when you talk Mavs, it, you gotta weigh in the uh, the cost of you know the the criticizing Luca conversation because mm. you know it's just fans get really passionate about you know their star player and. And they're yeah. getting passionate, and he's passionate. Exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, it's yeah. it's the it's the give and <laughs> He's take. one of us. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it goes to that whole, you know, we I think we had the conversation a few weeks ago about just how it seems like fan base is more frustrated this year because it's there's more expectations now. You went to a conference finals, and that's just that's not just for fans. I think you're seeing it with Luca and stuff too. It's like you're expecting now to make long playoff runs. Like you're expected to. Be in the title conversation now because you made it to the conference finals. You are that good. You're an MVP candidate every single year. It's the this is the give and take of the the Luca emotions experience, though. We love it when he's talking crap to people on the floor. When he's smiling, yeah. like going we love down. it. When Everybody acts tough when they up. That's when an iconic yeah. moment. We love it when he's playing the air guitar coming down the floor after a big three. Like we we love it when he's you know yelling at the crowd and hyped and we love that emotion then. But when it's not going well, now we're like, rein it in, Luca. Come mm. on. And it's like, all right. That, and, and I get it. I think more than him complaining to the refs, I get more frustrated about like the showing up of teammates, of a teammate makes a mistake or something like that. And you can see that 
body language of him visibly throwing his arms or just but bumping his shoulders, you know, and just like mm-hmm. and turning around, you know, and, and I think that's the biggest area. The Dwight Zapruder film, all of that. I'm like, did he even see Dwight? Was he looking at Bob Vargas? You know, and <laughs> you know, so I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what to make of that like moment. Um, but I do think that's one of the areas that you are the best player on the team. You are the franchise guy. You are supposed to be the leader moving forward. And I don't think it helps your teammates whenever they make a mistake. They don't cut. They move off the corner, and you throw it over there, and that's that's the biggest area that I'm like, I wouldn't show up my teammate like that a little bit. But then again, he's frustrated, right? Like, it's there's something clearly not clicking right now with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably looking at it and is like, man, what what are we? He's probably he's asking the same questions probably a lot of us are about what's the ceiling for this team. So he's just he's frustrated with how things are going. So I get that, but I do think there's a sense of accountability too. Of all right, like you are our leader, we need you to empower, we need you to motivate and encourage the guys around you too. Mm. And I I cannot stress enough that this is something that is, or at least is thought to be learned over time. Yeah. You know how many people that are like 20 years old or 21 years old come into the NBA just totally polished as a player and a human and a leader and a motivator and have their emotions in check and stuff like that thing it just doesn't happen like even a guy like Dirk who is the most mild-mannered mild-tempered you know goofy guy ever he had his moment yeah if you go back to 2005 against the Suns 06 07 even 08 there are numerous instances where Jason Terry makes a mistake or Eric Dampier makes a mistake and you can see Dirk just undressing them on the court just ripping into them um part of that is being a fiery competitor like Tom Brady, but also part of that is needing to, you know, still learning and and needing to learn how to control your emotions and how to turn that initial like, oh, come on, into like, come on, you know? Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like a, it's a, just a a flip switch. LeBron is a great example of this. I mean, he was a, he was a much more emotional, um, temperamental, temperamental, that's a word, right? Yes temperamental player whenever he was younger and now he's this like sage old wise you know old i'm not calling you wash don't use this as motivation lebron on christmas day yeah uh but he's this sage wise figure because he's been through it all he's experienced it all and just naturally like i'm sure all of you are much less emotional much less prone to outbursts now than you were 10 years ago you know i mean it's just part of life so I think it's, it's all part of the process. Is still developing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, he, uh, uh, that goes to twenty-five. Like scientifically <laughs> proven. Yeah. So in two years, this won't be an issue developing. anymore. But for right now, it's just this is part of his process. I mean, we're very we're like extremely spoiled that Luca is so far along as a player. Like he's miles ahead of like where yeah. you should be like at your mental stage uh, in your life. And yeah. so I think that like we watch Josh Green struggle with his jump shot. Uh, we've seen uh, Tim Hardaway struggle with consistency. Luca's big thing that he's is working on and is still working on and will have to w- continue working on is, you know, keeping his emotions in check, especially when things are going bad. That's or, just or part of it. That's maybe not, this isn't a criticism. Yeah, yeah. this is just the reality. Maybe I mean, not keeping reality. them in check, but just like redirecting them in a positive way that mm. will positively affect the yeah. team or yeah. encourage the team. Because he yeah. does things too, right? Like, I mean, what if all four players on the floor? You know, just shrug their shoulders and looked at him whenever he allows a backcourt cut, you know, mm. to the basket or he gets beat off the dribble. Um, 
but a lot of times they just run down the floor and it's like, hey, that's part of it. Like, yeah, mistakes we, happen. Yeah, man. mistakes happen. Yeah, mistakes so happen. That, that's part of it. I mean, it's, I don't think it's anything that I'm sitting there losing sleep over at night and he is 23. Mm-hmm. I think if we're looking at him and he's 31 ah. and he's still, you know, like a little bit the same way, I'm like, all right. Well. I mean, there's still this brewing underneath sort of fear within the fan base, of course, that every single mistake that Maxi Kleba makes is one step closer to Luca asking for a trade. <laughs> but that's, dude, that's... No. Don't worry. Just Moving on. Don't live in fear. <laughs> just don't live in fear. It's just not worth it. Um, okay. Speaking of Maxi Kleba, we got two more issues and how can the maps fix it uh, quickly in the last five minutes or so here. Uh, Maxi Kleba out indefinitely after suffering a hamstring tear in practice which is such a bummer That's although it, if it would have happened in a game it would have still been a bummer equally so i guess it doesn't really matter where it happened um maxi of course the most versatile big man on the roster mm-hmm. i guess christian wood offensively is more versatile but if you combine defense and offense maxi is sort of irreplaceable um on this roster and so we saw the mavs roll out davis bertans at the five in a small ball lineup granted it was against the Cavs and they were already down so it was kind of trying to get back into the game uh, we've seen uh, Christian Wood as the lone big man a couple times without Maxi. How do they fix this? Is this something that they're going to have to add a new player to do? Or are we going to see more Bertans, more Wood at the five, more small ball lineups? Are we going to see JaVale get back in there? What, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think because he, he could be out for so long. Um, Reportedly six to eight weeks, although that's, you know, in that same tweet that Shams posted, he got the injury wrong. So, like, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Uh, I think we could see him look at a bunch of different options. I think short term, like immediately, probably Friday night against Portland or, you know, that Saturday game in Cleveland, that you're probably looking at Davis stepping back in there and them saying, all right, let's just see if we can hit some threes. I think it's uh, it was a little, like, ironic seeing after the Maxi news came out, just, you know, getting a gauge of the fan base, and immediately it was trying, how do we replace Maxi? And it was like, they're throwing out a player, and it was like, oh, well, that guy can't shoot like Maxi. And then it was like, all right, well, that's a shooter, but man, that guy can't defend like Max. Well, he's not as big as Max. And it's like, all right, now we're seeing yeah. how important Max yeah, is. Yeah, Max is really we're, good. Now maybe. we're seeing that even <laughs> yeah. those nine points, you know, yeah, that he'll score in yeah. a game, where people <laughs> exactly. are like, oh, I can't believe he only had nine looking, points. You start yeah. looking yeah. around the league for like realistic guys who could be available, and you're like, all right, who's 6'10, who can shoot the three really well and defend on the perimeter on the switches and defend the rim? I'm like, all right, that's not a ton of people. And his numbers with Christian Wood, playing yeah. with Christian Wood off the bench, yeah. is really important, too. So, I mean, I think he was kind of Christian's little partner in crime there, you know, yeah. for yeah. a while. They've been playing them together a long time, like, for, since preseason. Yeah, their like, on-offs together are very good. Very good. Their gone. on-offs apart are not good. Yeah. yeah. Not good. So, yeah. that was a key piece to it. So, we'll see how, you know. Will they, will they try to play, like, maybe like a Dorian with Christian Wood a little bit more? Will they... Try to using Josh at the four. I know. Like Are you playing more guards and with Luca at the four. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, you. I think you have to get smaller. Yeah. So or they I can think, entertain the trade market. Yeah, I think Friday night versus Portland is going to be our first glimpse of like mm. life without Maxi because. Which, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. At the very worst, eight weeks. What that puts us in like February. Yeah, that's All Star so. break. Yeah. That's All Star break. Um, and you know. Sort of a bummer, too, because this team has other needs, you know, and yeah. so now you add another one on top of it, um, and it's a, it's, a hard, it's a hard one to fill. Yeah. It's a real hard one to fill. Um, okay, and of course, with losing Maxi, and we've seen, you know, Josh Green has missed a few games now, and with Tim Hardaway joining the starting lineup in place of Reggie Bullock, over the last 10 games, um, the Mavs, now a lot of this is, is 
sort of uh, stained by one really, really, really bad game in Chicago. But the Mavs rank 27th in the NBA in defensive rating over their last 10 games. Um, now they rank, I believe, 6th in offense, during, uh, 7th in offense uh, during that time. So they're top 10 offense, but they're a bottom 5 defense. Uh, again, that one game in Chicago really spoiled it a lot. But um, philosophically now, you've gone more toward offense in your starting five. And you're not having Maxi anytime soon. I think if so you're going to go towards offense, um, you, your shots better fall. Because if, if you're going to if you're going to go more towards offense, in the last ten games, opponents have been shooting over fifty percent versus the Mavericks. Not great. So you're going to be able, you're going to have to be able to keep up. A lot of stuff right at the rim. Yeah. Now again, some teams have just gotten hot from three too. Yeah. Which, so yeah. that comes and goes. But I mean, this is but. you know, Isaac. Can this current starting lineup be a at least a league average defense and and a top ten offense. Uh, possibly. I think Dinwiddie's gonna have to step up a little bit more defensively. You know, um, I'd say it, it's a safe assumption that Tim is a better offensive player than uh, defense. Um, and then you you know Dorian's obviously a good defender. You know, Dwight is Dwight, and so I, it's tough. I think a, an underrated thing about it is Reggie's shot's been falling. So. Reggie is a good defender. But it's the, December. It's, it's December. It, yeah. It's it's his season. It's, but we've it's seen time. Reggie's minutes go down a little bit as his shot hasn't been falling. Now that his shot is falling again, will his minutes go up? Will he will we find him back in the starting lineup again? All of that. And then I think that could help him be a little bit better defensive team. But losing Maxi is huge for him. One real quick thing. Just remember Mavs fans, last year, Christmas or New Year's Eve, it was looking rough. They turned it around. So Circumstances a little different this year, but hopefully the end result is the same. Uh, of course, this show is not all about just being sad and, and talking about problems. We're going to talk about some good stuff, too, and some more problems, actually. Uh, coming up <laughs> next, we're 33% of the way through the season, so I'm going to ask Isaac and Kaja some big-picture questions right after this on The Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. Welcome back. The Corner 3 in Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. Now, for those watching on YouTube, Isaac, you've <laughs> got to stop making noise. You have like five minutes to make noise. I'm not moving anymore at What's all. What's going on, man? Are you okay? He's going to freeze. I missed one week and I forget for attention. Yeah. yeah. I forget how to set at this table. Pay attention to me. Jeez. <laughs> now, for those watching on YouTube, you'll notice, and this has been the case really for like three or four weeks in a row now, Starting with me at the table, I sit on the end. I'm always just wearing a t-shirt. But as we move further down the table, Kat's like always in a sweater. We, we always, we And like then Isaac's winterized. like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know if the AC is just on more over there or what. Because like you're, you're dressed for Antarctica, I'm dressed for like the beach. I had to go through and like log music for for the podcast, so I went through like all the all the videos, and there was one where like you're in like full hoodie, beanie, everything. I'm in like hoodie, flannel, beanie, and then Bobby's in a t-shirt. <laughs> <He was laughs> hanging out. So funny. Well, and the one thing that really annoys me is that one time I came to work in like a long sleeve shirt or with a hoodie on, and y'all didn't, and I was told to take it off so that it <laughs> didn't look like it was. It didn't look weird. But you guys want to adjust to me? What's the deal? It's I like eighty degrees in here. It's forty degrees outside. Yeah, I know, but it's really hot in here. <laughs> Because you don't like leave, you probably like sleep here. <laughs> okay, maybe I do. It's none of your business. Touch grass, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, none of your business. There's no grass here. That's touch for sure. concrete. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so for this segment, we're about 33% of the way through the season. Unfortunately, there's 82 games, so there actually is no 33% mark in the NBA season. Does that bother you? It kind of does. Mm. It kind of does. <laughs> we bother. Mm. <laughs> but it does mean that there's 41 home and 41 away, and that's good. That's I respect that. I like that's, 41. It's yeah, a good round it's number. A, it's a good meaningful, yeah, it's a <laughs> nice round prime number. Um, so, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, ask y'all questions now these same questions i asked tim cato who was on uh, the ceiling is the roof with me last week you can find that i'm sure that uh the, f- the freak has some sort of radio archive or you can go to youtube or you can go to spotify itunes find that with tim cato from the athletic it's not on youtube it's not on youtube you just lied i was just informed i'm getting word you said oh that's their own that i'm lying i'm spreading misinformation all right it's only on spotify and itunes and if the freak has a radio archive welcome right? back to twitter yes <laughs> Okay, uh, so these are uh, snap takes. Think the whole season, not just recent developments, good and bad. Just think the whole season, all right? Okay. Um, Isaac, we'll start with you on the first one, and then we'll just flip-flop the rest of the way. Okay. What's been the biggest positive about this team that you saw coming? Luka MVP season. It's just this was the first year that I felt confident of saying, all right, he's been one, you know, one of the favorites over the past few years, but – I felt confident that he was going to take an even bigger step this year and actually be the MVP this year. Uh, he's averaging 33 points right now, 33, 8, and 8. Um, and, yeah, I just, you know, he's just, it feels like he's setting records left and right. He has to score over 30 in this, you know, we talked about it in, you know, the first part of uh, the show. And I just think he is the front runner for MVP right now, in my opinion. And, yeah, just something that. That would happen. That's something I feel confident in right now. That's the same exact answer Tim gave me. So, Katya, there's a lot of pressure on you to find something different. I got to go with the same answer, no! though. I'm sorry. I, it's the same answer because going into the season, we were all super hype on the way Luca looked after playing Eurobasket. He looked fit. He looked like he was ready to play. He came into it. I mean, he just broke a huge Mavs record of uh, 35 straight games with 20-plus points, beating Mark Wire's record. And I think um, – you're just scoring at this type of clip. I mean, what is it? Thirty-eight and eight. That's thirty-three eight. And eight. Thirty-three eight and eight. Like, that. is he gonna be the first person with that stat line? Maybe I don't know. Maybe if he can, Oscar. If he can keep that up for a season. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if Oscar ever Oscar. averaged thirty-three though. I think he averaged thirty, thirty-one in the nineteen sixty-one, sixty-two season. Yeah, he might be the first. Yeah. So I mean, I I'm with Isaac. I'm with Tim. Um. He's definitely a front runner in the MVP race for me. I wouldn't say it's a lock, but uh, he's definitely a front runner. Yeah, I think the record will be kind yeah. of the biggest deciding factor. For sure. Like if they stay around 500, it's going to be tough. But um, okay, conversely, Katya, we'll start with you on this one. What's been the biggest negative about this team that you saw coming? What's a problem that exi- that is existing that you might have you you expected? I think the um, the fact that there's no real, like, in my opinion, set lineup kind of like we were kind of questioning like what the lineup was going to be going into the season and where there was a way in and it doesn't seem like there's a set closing lineup it doesn't seem like I mean they, they've made changes to the starting lineup it's just I don't know like pairings and lineups just don't it just kind of seems like a as you go basis like, like a nightly deal yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, d- it's so the daily special what do we got today yeah. yeah and and that was one thing that i thought going into the season that could possibly be a positive it's like you never know what they're going to roll out and it could be like very matchup dependent like 
uh, matchup dependent, but I do think it's also important to have a uh, good closing lineup, and we haven't really seen one yet. To your point, though, that you said at the end of the last segment, um, last season Jalen didn't become the regular starter until around, like it was December 9th or December Correct. 10th, somewhere in there, whenever Luca got hurt Correct. and missed like three weeks or whatever. So they were going through it then, and of course Tim was starting, and then he was in and out, and then Tim got hurt, and then yeah. Reggie started. So like that could be something that they eventually stumble upon or arrive yeah. at. But for now, yeah, I mean, do I think they'll eventually arrive to it? Of course. Um, but to this know, point, they but definitely. But for right haven't. now, it's just I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. Isaac, what about you? Yeah. Um, so wait, hold on. If we're flip-flopping, am I going to get all the negative ones? No, no, no. I'll oh, get, okay. I'll, you'll, <laughs> I'm like, hold we'll, on. We'll flip-flop the flip-flop <laughs> okay, to where we'll start okay. with you on the pleasant one. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kat's just going to take all the negatives and <laughs> let me have the positives. Um, I think the Christian Wood experience of just the, you know, when they made the trade, I thought it was like really evident that they didn't, they, they, were, they really were just like kind of taking a swing. And I went into it with, like, lower expectations. Um, I think, naturally, you know, people got really excited about it. It's like, hey, super talented mm-hmm. guy. You know, Luca needs another, you know, new running mate. KP's gone. Brunson just left. And I think the expectations went a little too high. But I tried to, like, keep those low because, you know, when they f- first traded for him, they didn't sit there and tout him out as, hey, we got the second guy next to Luca. We got our starting five before he even set foot here. It was, hey, you know, he's got to prove some stuff to us. We got to prove some stuff to him, too. And so I think that's been the the thing of, man, like, this is just kind of like what I expected. Like, he's going to – it kind of surprised me he came out the bench, but, like, I get it because I think it's clear that they don't, like, see him as, like, a second star. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's my answer to that of, like, the Christian Wood experience. I You could tie in the – the lack of third ball ball handler on the team too um that you know we were sitting here before the season started like all right you know is this something that's going to be an issue i think it still has been an issue and i've been kind of surprised that i haven't found like an answer to that so i'd just say both of those yeah would 16 and a half points seven and a half boards off the bench which is great for a six man yeah i do think that some fans might have thought like he's not a six man he's the He's the new KP. Or, yeah. You know, he's like a 20 and 10 guy. And he clearly wants, I mean, he's been vocal. He's like, I've, you know, he said post game different stuff before. Like, yeah, I've told, I've told the coach staff, you know, he wants to play more. And he was surprised he wasn't starting and all that. So I think it's a, you know, it's kind of like a sticky situation a little bit, but still early. Good. I mean, who knows? You know, he started the second half against Cleveland and they were pretty good in those minutes. I mean, it was, they made a little push. You know, and the, and that's an option too. When you know Cat was saying they could lean more into offense, <clears throat> that's an option option now too. Like with Maxi going out, what if Jason Kidd says, "All right, let's just lean fully <laughs> into offense." Gun, let's yeah, go. Let's go. And it's Christian Wood out there, and you know he's playing thirty five minutes a night, and it's and you're you trying know, to you know play like the Pelicans basically. Let's just yeah, score to one hundred and fifty. Because he started the second half the other night because they were down, like they needed to come back, so they had him and Reggie in there. And it's like, all right, we just got to put up a bunch of points. So maybe they just fully lean into offense and play Christian Wood more. All right, so now we're going to start with Kat on a good one, and then we'll flip-flop on the next one. Katia, what has been the most pleasant surprise, something good that's happening that you did not see coming? I think seeing Christian Wood's, like, production and, like, what he's actually brought to the team. You know, we didn't really know what he would bring, but seeing his, like, versatility, like, being able to shoot from, you know, from 
three, being able to go to the basket, being able to be a lob threat. I think all of that. Um, I think the the three, you, seeing him bring it up the court, like just career high forty one percent from three. That so. I mean, there you go. That that to me has been quite a pleasant surprise. Just the abilities and the versatilities that he adds to the arsenal have been very cool. Very cool. It's Josh Green for me. Um, I think, you know, I was, I said this a few weeks ago, you know, also on the oh, show. Oh, that's that a, can I change my answer? Because that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> no. Your answer, it's already written in stone. Fine. Um, you know, I think I was a little too unfair of like defining the type of player he was and not considering um, as much the how weird the beginning of his career was of just with the weird draft. I mean, he was mm-hmm. drafted in November, like, what, you know, and um, just COVID over the first two seasons and, he talked about it a while back about not being around, being around families first year or so in the league. So I've just been pleasantly surprised by the step that he's taken. We heard a lot of talk. Like we, we heard it, Michael Finley and like MVP of the off season, all this stuff. And then we've actually seen it on the floor for him. And that's been really cool. See his shy shot looks much different and much more fluid and he's more confident in it. Um, he seems a little bit more contained. He's still high school running back unleash him on the floor kind of. So much energy. but So much energy, but they need it so much. So it that's been a really good surprise. And they need him, too, because you start looking at the drafts around Luka, and you're like, all right, how many of these young guys do we actually have on the team? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a danger zone there for a bit where everybody's looking at the players picked around Josh, and like, all right, these guys are contributing to their team. We did that last week. Yeah, that's what yeah. we ran down the 2020 draft. Yeah. So he compares favorably to a lot of guys, but the guys picked right around him, not as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they need him to be a, a rotation player at the least, and he's he's playing good basketball. I can you can see that path for him, yeah, to be like a regular, maybe even starting caliber yeah. player. Like I soon. mean, like I said, like I love his energy too. He's had just like explosive like plays where like they're momentum changers, and I think that's really important for the team. One of the only guys on this team that can get on the open floor too, which is yeah. important. Yeah. Um. Conversely, Isaac, what has been the most unpleasant surprise? Maybe something has not gone the way that you thought it would. I'll say that the vibes seem to have not carried over. It feels like, you know, last The Theo Pinson rule just really, <laughs> really <laughs> crushed this team. Although I do see him kind of. He will do as much as he can, oh, but yeah. he's got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, they just had such a, a cool vibe around the team last year and obviously immaculate vibes and all that. JB left. Maybe JB took the vibe. And. You know, it, it just it just feels from the outside. Maybe that you know we can't see what's going on behind closed doors, but it feels like from the outside that the the cool vibes uh, with the team isn't there, and that kind of surprised me a little bit. I yeah, I'm with you on that, but also um, going into the season, I thought Javale would just have a bigger impact. Yeah, but you were high on Javale. I was very high on him. You know, like the vibes me that too. he brought, the attitude he had. I was super high on it, and it's just been kind of a bummer to just not see him click and mm. not see, you know, him bring what I guess people thought that he was going to bring. Yeah, and I mean, it's still early. Uh, hopefully, he will. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear. Like they announced him as a, or anointed him the starter or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it didn't take. You know, we're what was it like twenty five ga- games in the season, yeah. and he hasn't been starting for yeah. like weeks now. So. Yeah, it didn't it didn't go very long. Um but that's one area where if he can if 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 he can figure it out or if they can figure it out with him or whatever, then that would be mm-hmm. a huge lift because they need minutes at big, you know, especially without Maxi. 
Um, all right. Who wants to go first on the final positive one? I can. Okay. All right, Isaac, we're going to start with you. <laughs> he said me. <laughs> uh, actually, we'll go positive, negative with you, Isaac. Okay. And then Katya, we'll go positive, negative with you. Aww. Or would you rather start with the negative and end with the positive? I'll, I'll leave that choices to, to, okay. to you. So just go with Isaac first. You want to start with negative or start with the positive? Uh, let's start with negative. All right. I'm just gonna start. No, you can do you can do it too. To each their own. I know, but it's I the holiday to, season. I wanted to be different. I'm feeling holiday generous. Listen, season. I wanted to be different. <laughs> it's the season of giving, and we're giving our thoughts and we're giving our takes. And so you know you can do what you want. Isaac, what lingering concern about this team uh, would make you think that 50 games from now they will not be? where they want to be and define where it is that you think they want to be. Okay. Can you repeat that? Um, I'll say like roster construction. It feels like something's just not fully clicking as a roster. And I do wonder of, Hey, we're saving the assets for possibly a bigger trade in the future. Maybe, you know, as we look at Lucas contract over the next three or four years, like how can we, we seen what they did with the KP trade consolidate a lot of those assets into one trade for a bigger name if they're doing that again do they look at this year this team and like all right we're kind of holding on the assets do they just try to tinker around the edges um that worries me a little bit because it doesn't feel like they fully all click to be at a spot that ultimately you want to be in the top six you know at the end of the you know season you don't want to be in the play-in so and and the Mavs have avoided it thus far the plan yeah so. Ever so closely. Yeah, but times, they have. You know? But they yeah. have. So, yeah, that would be my answer. What would make you confident that 50 games from now, they will be where they want to be? I'd say the, sh- the shooters hitting their shots. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, you know, I've referenced this different times, but you said this, you know, back last year. of Hey, if Dorian and Reggie, these guys can shoot it, you know, over 40-something percent, whatever number you said back then, they're going to make a run to the conference finals, and they did. And it's so – you know, obviously Reggie struggled shooting. Um, Dorian's at 36%, I think, right now. No, he's not. He's at 33%. Um, you know, obviously Tim's at 36. Max is at 37. If they can continue to get back up there with their shooting numbers, they're always going to get shots playing with Luca. That would make me feel confident that, all right, all these pieces fit around Luca, and when Luca is like playing at the MVP level and he's finding them shots, if they're hitting them at that high clip, I'm like, all right, they're good enough to be a top six team. They've lost the game by I think what nine points this season where they shot 12 of 55 from three they lost the game by seven where they shot I think like 11 for 41 or something I mean these are very very poor numbers of course free throw shooting is another factor in that too they've lost multiple games by one or two points where they missed like more than a dozen free throws which is you know you got to control what you can control and that's one thing that you can control Katya you want to start with the negative as well okay what lingering concern do you have about this team that makes you think that they might not end up where they want to be. And where do you think it is that they want to be? Okay. So my lingering concern is still um, rotation, lineup, roster-based. Just not seeing the, the vibes, I guess. Or, you know, just the, the chemistry on the court that you kind of saw last year. Also, the free throws that you just mentioned, those are kind of a lingering concern. Um, and then... The guys that you would think going into the season were your guys, you know, you find them uh, 
you find them for to kick it out and that's like a automatic bucket it's just those it's been rough and and they haven't been falling so if if they don't i mean slumps end right but how far into the season will it end and how you know how many games will it take so so that to me is kind of the lingering concern i just want them to Snap out of it and just start making their shots. Hey, come Please. on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, what would make you confident that 50 games from now, they will be where they want oh, to be? Oh, wait. I have one more worry. Oh, ah, okay. That one more one more thing. Mm. Ah. Uh, we've come full more. circle. Yes. I have one more. Um, If they make a move and it's kind of like that, like double you know versus the double you don't know, and then all of a sudden, like, you think that you're getting something and, and it just doesn't work at all like i don't know that makes me moves always make me nervous mm. you don't you don't know you just don't know change is scary however the one change they made last year it was like good. the exactly. biggest change of so, the, you know. so transitioning into like what could go right is they could make a move and they could that could change the game like so one way or the other and like right now we just passed that uh mark in december where traded so i don't know i don't want to talk too much into it because i don't want to tamper but making making a move could go either way I last think. season they had to make a bunch of moves of course because everyone had covid yeah. everyone got hurt they had to i mean they were swapping guys in and out yeah. all year i mean that's how they got theo pinson uh marquise chris gave them mm -hmm. a lot of big minutes last year of course the kp trade getting spencer denwitie and so the the roster at the beginning of the season looked very different yeah from the roster at the end of the year so what I think will get them to where they want to be in 50 games will be the chemistry. And then I think I think they're going to find a way to turn it around. I mean, like I said last segment, you know, uh, New Year's Eve last year was looking pretty pretty dim, right? And, and and they found a way to turn it around. I mean, that was a lot a very different situation, but I think you can find um, that history could repeat itself. And then all of a sudden they have a really good final half of the season the issue though is that last season from new year's eve to the end of the year they went 36 and 12 they won 75 percent of their games for more than half the season it could happen it amounted almost 50 games. yeah now it can happen but what you don't want to have happen is that you have to go 36 and 12 in order sure. to avoid the plan you know, i mean the, we're 10 days away from New Year's Eve, yeah. though. So and, and the Mavs, realistically. You know, they went 36. It's counting down. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's. The Mavs went, I just looked at that they went 36 <laughs> and 12 last year and clinched home court on the second to last day of the season. Um, the year before that, they clinched avoiding the play-in on the second to last game of the season. And so what you don't want to have happen is that these final 10 to 15 games are like three a, of them against Memphis. Yeah, we have to go 12 and three wow. in order to avoid the play-in. So, you, know, yeah. I mean, you just cannot allow yourself to get in that situation so uh if you are going to snap out of it if you are going to figure it out if you are going to get this thing back on track like sooner rather than now. later yeah the time is now now the schedule coming up uh varying degrees of toughness we'll look at that later uh we got some other stuff coming up next but um are there any final like any final positives any final palate cleansers in the last 30 seconds here that you want to get off just to kind of make it it's always good to get it all out you know Look, it's always good the West is such a close battle for first that right now the Mavs are currently just five games away from first place. So I, I keep looking at that. Five games behind, not a whole lot. I mean, Memphis could go on a losing streak, like, and all of a sudden yeah, everything have, shifts. You have two good weeks. and Yeah, 
you know. two good weeks, like make or break. You got to have two good weeks. I'll say Spencer shooting 41% from three is, is really good. That's mm. so good. Over six threes a game. That's, yeah. that's big for this team. That is big. That is big. All right. Coming up next, we're actually going to look at some of the Mavs competition in the West. Uh, a former Maverick retiring from basketball and a whole lot more on the corner three. Hour number two of the corner three on Studio 41 Radio, 97.1 The Freak and the Mavs YouTube channel. We are everywhere on the internet. We're too many places. I can't even remember them all. But wherever you're listening or watching, however you're doing it, hope you're having a great weekend. We've got some great basketball coming up later tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But first, got to finish this program as Isaac sits in complete silence for the first time all day. That's fantastic. We're very excited. Uh, <laughs> a former Maverick has chosen to retire from basketball. Um, Tyrell Terry who was the 31st pick overall, the first pick of the second round in the 2020 NBA draft. That was the same draft where the Mavs got Josh Green. Just 22 years old, is retiring. He posted on Instagram on Thursday, and I'm just going to read part of it. Um, today, this is a quote from, <clears throat> from his caption. Today I decided to let go of the game that has formed a large part of my identity, something that has guided my path since I took my first steps. Uh, and he goes on to say that he's going um, to retire from basketball, but he has dealt with a lot of uh, issues related to mental health. This is another quote. I've also experienced the darkest times of my life to the point where instead of building me up, it began to destroy me, where I began to despise and question the value of myself much more than those surrounding me could ever see or know. Intrusive thoughts, waking up nauseous, finding myself struggling to take normal breaths because of the rock that would sit on my chest and seem to weigh more than I could carry. Uh, and, and, you know, describing some other um, symptoms of anxiety and, and other issues that he experienced. Um, and then this quote is kind of the, the, you know, the dagger to the heart. Quote, to most, I will be forever known as a bust, a failure, or a waste of talent. While those may be true when it comes to basketball, it is the biggest failures in life that lead to the greatest success. There's more for me out in this vast world, and I'm extremely excited to be able to explore that. And for the first time, to be able to find my identity outside of being a basketball player. Now, I want to get y'all's takes on this, but first I just want to say congratulations to, to Tyrell Terry um, for saying this very courageous stuff to, to come out and talk about these things. Um, there are a lot of people that still treat sports as this very sort of macho alpha, like you cannot show softness, you have to stay tough, uh, you can't be weak mentally or physically, you have to be like a real man, um, but it takes... It takes a very confident person, a very secure person, and uh, it takes a real man to come out and talk about these sorts of things. And I'm sure that Tyrell's not the only athlete experiencing this. We've had players such as DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, and numerous others, all-star caliber players, talk about this. And so, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, this, this happened, uh, and Tyrell faced this stuff very early in his career, and he wasn't able to enjoy a, a full NBA career. However, he made it very clear that basketball was the thing that he couldn't, you know, basketball was the thing that was causing this problems. Um, you know that that he that he could not just uh, not deal with and like the sense of being strong, but that this was just the source of all of these issues. And so he's going to try and find his identity outside of the sport, which I think is fantastic. And I just wanted to say, uh, Tyrell, if you're watching this, I'm very proud of you and I'm very happy for you, man. Yeah, I mean, mental health is something that obviously it has not been talked about a lot in the past in, in the sports world. Um, Kevin Love is like my first 
real reminder of like, oh, okay. He was really the first one. He, wa- he was. He I mean, he groundbreaking when it, when it came to that kind of stuff and like speaking on it and being so open about it. And, and like that made me respect him so much more because it just humanized him to a completely different level that is very relatable with a lot of people like. I suffer from anxiety like I get I get I have panic attacks so you know I understand like what I can't even imagine what being under like such a microscope under so much pressure you know at such a young age being away from your family like I during the pandemic too I mean he was in the G League bubble for a while I mean you know it's a lot to put on a person and then also just the fact that he was able to realize like this is something that i love that has given me given me my identity for so long since long what do you say like his first steps so i mean this is his whole life like basketball was his identity and to realize like that is what was causing the problem and to like make the decision to like create a um just like a boundary and like to step away from it like i just I have a lot of respect for him and, and putting it out there and being so candid about it. And, uh, you know, I hope that this helps a ton of people who, you know, who may be feeling the same thing and maybe feeling alone in it and like maybe feeling like, am I the only one that feels this way? Because like, I can tell you, like, you're not like so many people deal with it. So many people mask it on a day to day basis. Like you just like learn to just walk through life and like not show your real emotions sometimes and like just like kind of keep it to yourself and then when you go home you just kind of can let it all out and some people don't even have like someone at home to be able to like let it out with and well and it, is it even healthy to burden your partner with all of that stuff yeah like 100 it's just it's just a lot to deal with it's a lot i mean for a 22 year old like i can't even imagine like i'm 35 and i'm still like learning how to cope with different you know, stressors and different things and identity things. But to be able to like, like, like I said, just create that like realization of like, okay, this is what's causing me the problem. And it's something that I love, but it's something that I'm going to have to step away from. Like to me, that, that just shows like an immense amount of strength. I feel like we could do a whole segment on this. Um, I mean, we can. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we. Beats talking about the Mavs. I I think it's, you know, it's a reminder of we see the Ty Terry you know, thing we see Twitch and the news of Twitch. Um, that was, um, you know, DJ on Ellen yeah, Jenner's yeah, show, yeah, yeah. and just a, such an awesome personality. And you see from the outside, like my wife called me to tell me about that news of Twitch passing away. And um, you know, the first thing she said, she's like, "If I had to pick like the happiest person in the world that I like followed on social media, it was him." And you know, it's a reminder, and you see what Ty Terry's talking about and the anxiety of being an NBA player that, you know, even a lot of us would look at him and be like, oh, dude, you're in the NBA. Like, you like you made it to the league. And, like, what else? You get millions of dollars to sit on the bench. That's an awesome job. Yeah, and it's just anxiety doesn't care about your titles or where you're at in your life. Um, like Kat, like, I'm, I'm figuring out some stuff over this past year or so, anxiety stuff that I never thought I, I ever had an – issue with i grew up in a in a in a world of being told from such a young age that anxiety and all that stuff was like looked down upon or like you it makes you weak it's in your head yeah. it's not real like you get told this all the time everyone has problems you need yeah. to deal with yours yeah and it you know even in a, i'm a, in a position outside of the sports world that you know it with a um i don't know how open we can be about this but in in the church evangelical world to where a lot of people go t- go to people with 
you know, in the church world for like answers sometimes. Like, oh, well, you're supposed to have it all together. Well, I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety right now. I'm taking medication for anxiety right now. And it's like, and I'm still in that world and I'm still figuring that world out for myself, but it doesn't take it. Like people deal with crap and like you, you have to figure out what's the best way for you to move forward with that. And I go back, you know, I, I talked to uh, Ty Terry after he was drafted and I wrote the story from as.com and I go back to um, some of these quotes here and it paints it a little different now that I see and see it. And it's like, you know, even the title of the piece is like he's rewriting his nar- the narrative about him. And uh, so he told me this, this is a quote for him, uh, from him. He says, I think I knew I had the, the skill set to be an NBA player. This is back in 2020, ever since high school. But I fell into the narrative that people said I was too small. I kind of let that bother me a little bit. I wasn't quite sure if I was 100% going to be an NBA player. I knew I had the skill set. Um, and then he goes on. He said, it was a hard thing to get past mentally for him. Like I, and because I was talking to him on the phone about it. Even after he, he declared, he, he talked about the negative comments he saw online. He's like, all the comments on the internet was, why is he even declaring? Or he should go back to school, Terry explained. I'm hearing that teams, that I, that I should go back to school in my interviews. Just so much negativity around why I even declared for the draft. And this was right after he, he got drafted. Wow. Like, he's talking about that. That, And you know what? I go to another clip, too, that a lot of people laughed at, but... I, like, and I giggled a little bit of the Zion Williamson interview right around Thanksgiving. The sideline, you know, person interviewing him jokes with him and said, hey, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Just, a, it's just a fun thing. Like, there's nothing about it. And he, like, smirks and he laughs and he's like, nah, nah, I can't tell you that because the internet, you know, will come after me for that one. And it's like, that's so dang sad that, like, you can't even say stuffing. Or, mm. you yeah. know, whatever side it is. I mean, like, God forbid he says mac and cheese. Yeah, you know. because you know that you're going to get hammered and called fat and everything online. And that him, as a star in this, like, future star in this league, is going to see that on social media. And that's the power of social media, even in today's world, and t- for these athletes today, that you might not think it should bother them, or it's so easy for us to sit back and say, KD, get off Twitter and all that stuff. They're humans just like we are. And bringing it full circle, it doesn't matter what title you hold or how much money is in your bank account. You can still deal with the same stuff. It, like anxiety, mental health, depression, it holds. It does not care about what class you're in or what tax bracket you're in. Yeah, I mean, even so. Michael Jordan, who's the paragon of mental toughness, right? This guy that overcame all sorts of challenges to just you know take over the entire sports world. Even he himself has said he's not sure that he could play in today's era it's of technology. Di- it's a different. You know? different world now i mean with with social media twitter everyone's opinions you read them you you just can't stay under away. so like, much pressure yeah like and 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 something as small as like someone a random person's comment can just stick with you and just like make you feel like insecure and and make you question like how you view yourself and it's just i mean i can't even imagine like the microscope that these players are under. I mean, back in the day, like all you had to worry about was like what big media was saying about you, right? Like, oh, he can't play. Oh, he's not good. Oh, he had a bad game. Now it's like, oh, he does this and he looks like this and he, you know, and it's like personal. Like now it's personal. And I just like, I I can't imagine just going it's happening that. in real time. Yeah. yeah and with, with uh, Ty, like you said, Isaac, he was like, what, 6'1, 160? Yeah. And that was the thing. 
he's the lightest, shrimpiest player ever. Like, he's so small. And imagine and seeing that over and over and over again. Like, eventually, Even like, for fans of your own team or yeah. fans of, of you, you know, like yeah. Stanford fans or whatever. That will I mean. create um, imposter syndrome in you. And, and like, do I... Do I think I'm worthy of this? Do I think that I should have this? Like, should I be here? Like, I, that's, yeah. that's so heavy. And, you know, the, the last line of his, um, of the paragraph where he's kind of talking about, you know, to most I'll be known as a bust or whatever, which hopefully is not true. But God, that you know, line killed me. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. Um, but he said, for the first time to be able to find my identity outside of being a basketball player and like we're talking about hearing from teams, you're too small, hearing from fans, you're too small, or like, man, you should go back to school. If your entire identity is rooted in one thing that you do, so for him, his maybe his identity was rooted, I'm a basketball player, I'm a professional basketball player, and then you're hearing that there are things about you that are not really under your control, your height, your weight, whatever, that are like gonna keep you from doing what you wanna do. Um, you are too small. Like it is, at, at that point, it's not a criticism of your basketball playing ability. It's a criticism of who you are. Yeah. You know, of it's a much more personal. Control. Yeah, and yeah. if if your identity is basketball man Tyrell Terry, and then you're told you can't be a basketball player, like what does that do to you? Yeah. And that ties back to something that John and I used to talk about. My friend Jonathan Charks, or our friend Jonathan Charks, um, he always used to ask, just like, what is your identity? Like, yeah. and it used to be. The We've had this conversation. Yeah. We've actually ha recently had this conversation. Yeah. And the first, you know, we talked about it mostly once he, he uh, was diagnosed with cancer and going through treatment and stuff, those conversations become a little different. You yeah. know, the first few times it was, well, I'm a basketball guy. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, well, I just love hanging out with my friends. But then, like, every time you actually really think, like, what is your identity? You know, I don't have kids. I'm not married. I, you know, I'm, I have family and stuff, but like, I'm not, there's no one in my life that I need to take care of. You know, um, I work at this job probably too many hours, but I'm, I don't really take it that seriously anymore. Like I don't get really bent out of shape uh, and, and as much as I used to, partially because we had those conversations. But like, that's a really, really tough, heavy question for anybody to ask of themselves. I'm 31 and like have a career and I got some you know good stuff happening in my life and I have a hard time answering it. Imagine being 19 years old or 20 years old handed like one and a half million dollars and a bunch of people are always up your butt about how tiny you are or how bad you are at defense or whatever. Like, you know, I'm not taking shots at Coop. I love the guy. But even on draft night, whenever the Mavs drafted Tyrell Terry, Coop's first reaction was he can shoot, but man, he can't defend. And it's like, I mean, like all of that stuff is going to cut so much deeper if your whole identity is this is this is who I am. I'm basketball man. And so, um, you know, I'm really excited for Ty to be able to not be basketball guy anymore. Think, he I can be Tyrell Terry. Ties with the sport and becoming himself and finding his identity in the world and not in the basketball world is going to be like huge. And, and man, is he smart? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know he, you know his basketball identity. He won three straight, you know, three state titles. He grew up super athletic kid growing up. But he went to Stanford, and one of that was one of the biggest things in the pre-draft process. Uh, he told me that whole story about how NBA teams send, you know, they send you this IQ test you know, to take and he broke the record for it. Wow, uh, I did not know that. <laughs> of all the pre-draft wow. uh, guys who's taken that test, and super smart guy. He couldn't play basketball growing up unless he had a certain grade. His parents were really strict on him with that. Wow. And uh, so he's just a really smart guy. And so I'm, I'm excited to see 
what the next step is for him. And I, I can't wish him the best of luck moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And who knows? Maybe maybe he comes back to basketball in some capacity. Yeah. Or maybe he changes the world. Or maybe he just gets a nice job at a coffee shop and is just able to live out his days. You know, like, who knows? Yeah. But his, his whole life is ahead of him. Um, and for everyone listening, everyone watching, your whole life is ahead of you too. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to do what you're doing right now if it's not bringing you happiness, if it's not bringing you joy. And um, I got to say, just real quick, short. like the Mavs, I mean, I, I'm sure every team has this, but I've only experienced this obviously with the Mavericks, but they have a tremendous like mental health team. Mm-hmm. Like the people on staff here that like help the guys like with their mental health are like some of the best people I think I've ever met when it comes to like the subject. Like DK to me is just amazing. Like the things that he does, the things that he teaches these players, like everything like that, like they are so like they are so lucky to have this valuable resource because I mean, whenever I was on the road, I would have coffee with him and like just check in with him and like he hooked me up with someone on his staff that I was able to like talk to and she was amazing and she helped me through a lot of things. Because that's a life that a lot of people don't really realize, like, what comes with it. Like, it's, it's a lot of isolation. It's a, I was just about to say, you are so alone. You are so alone on the road. Like, yeah, like, you're around people all the time, 24-7. But, like, personally, you feel completely isolated. And it's tough. I mean, it's a, it's a mentally taxing thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's t- I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. And so knowing all of that is what makes – watching Luca get frustrated for one second, just like such a, yeah, sure, maybe it bothers you, but like, what do you want him to do? Yeah. You know, like these people are not impervious to pain, to suffering, to mental anguish, to emotional stress, all of these things. Um, basketball players are extremely human. They are just as human as, as you or, or me. I asked Cuban about this uh, back last year about why, doubt, why the Mavs um, value this so much. And he said, he thinks that the Mavs have had a full-time psychologist on staff and travels with the team longer than any team in pro or college sports. Mm. DK is my guy. Yeah, DK's been around DK for a long is, time. And he does the Rangers, too. So, I mean, like, he is – to be well-versed in, in, like, not just mental health in general, but, like, the mental health problems that come around, like, the sport and everything like that. Like, he's, like, a – mental skills guy when it comes to this and i just i cannot say enough nice things about him Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so congrats again to tyrell terry and um hopefully you know hopefully future players can make the same decision and And like it's something like talk about it you know what i mean like have open conversations be candid like it's important to talk about because the more you talk about it the more you destigmatize it and i think that is a huge step in towards like people just being able to um, help themselves. Absolutely. All right. So on that note, Cat's Corner. (laughs) Have fun with that transition. Yeah. We just, there's no way to to ease into it. It's uh, it's time to to have some fun. It's time to have some fun. What are we we doing after the show, Cat? So after the show, our digital content team is going bowling and we're going to have a white elephant gift exchange, which I love. You never know what you're going to get. And you get to really see like people's personalities kind of and like the gifts that they choose or... Maybe don't if bring mailed it in. <laughs> I've only I've only done one white elephant before, uh, okay. and I got a a copy of the Kama Sutra with illustrations. 
Okay. So, uh, definitely did not go in that direction with my yeah. gift, but I was okay. on the, I All called right. you yesterday. I was at Target. I was like, Hey, like I'm picking up my white elf on gift. Do you want me to pick one up for you? As always, I'm Good like, call. yeah, let me, Good let call. me do your homework <laughs> for you, Bob. I, to, to my credit, I did go out and do it myself, you but did. I really appreciate you that you no called problem. me. It meant a lot. So I'm going through ideas and I'm like, what should I get? Should I just do a gift card? Uh, and you said a gift card's kind of like mailing to get, ma- mailing it in. And I'm like, yeah, sure. okay. And I was like, you know, I could just get like a mini waffle maker. And you were like, what? What do you mean? And I'm like, oh, I have this mini waffle maker that I bought. And it's like, you know, the the limit's like 20 bucks. I was like, it's like 12 bucks. And, you know, I get a lot of use out of it. And I you, you can make other things other than waffles in it. Like I can Which make, I did not know. Like, you can make like eggs and just a whole bunch of stuff. Scrambles? Anyway, yeah. This scrambles. thing is like an air fryer. She started telling me, and it's I was like, amazing. oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I hate cooking eggs, all right? So if you could, if you could just crack really? open an egg and dump it in there. Y- which you cooked. can, and you can cut up, like, the veggies oh. and <laughs> all that stuff. So, Bobby's so excited. Bobby, oh. I was just had to, I had to, I had to get you one. Oh, wow. Because you were just, just so excited, and the hype up was so real. <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, a oh competitor brand. Oh my gosh. I don't gosh. think it is. Dude, look at this. <laughs> look at this. Wow. Well, and look at the back. They got strawberries and everything. Have you ever put strawberries in your uh, I put them on maker? top. Dude. Wow. This is awesome. If you're not watching on YouTube right now, you're <laughs> really missing out. They got people. Look at. They're so happy with their appliances. Oh, he's so excited. <laughs> This is incredible. You think he just opened up a new and ga- game board? I set you up for success. <laughs> Let's go. This is like the best moment of my life. Makes so about 60. All right. And Bet. those are like regular ones, so you can probably right. get like 120. It's like 120. All right, dude. If you oh, don't, man. If you don't post a picture of like your first waffle. Oh, I'm it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be bad. No, you really can't mess it up. Oh, yeah? You it's really like just <laughs> add water, add, a, add some eggs. Wow. Milk and eggs. There you wow, go. Wow, this is amazing. Oh, man. Do you oh, buy, thank do you, you so milk? much, Kat. Uh, I'll need to do that. Oh. <laughs> and eggs, too. I gotta go get some eggs for the first time in a couple years. <laughs> oh, wow. This is exciting stuff. All right, well, I can't wait to use this. Coming up next, uh, we're gonna talk about basketball or something else. I'm not really sure. You'll just have to stay tuned to find out for the fourth quarter on the Corner 3 in Studio 41 Radio and 97. Let the break! Put them up. It's the fourth quarter on the corner three on Studio 41 Radio and yeah, 97 like won the free. Bobby's <laughs> like, four. Yeah, I'm just, just very deliberate four fingers here. <laughs> and 97 won the freak in the Mavs YouTube channel. It's the last Seggy, so we got to close strong. In, in, in the break there in between, <laughs> Tate, you were showing me pictures of all that's possible with that waffle maker. And I got to say, I'm going to explore <laughs> all those possibilities and more. I cannot wait. Sounds like an on-the-stream thing to do. I'll do it. Oh, dude, we what's should. The, what's the wackiest thing we can put in a waffle maker? I'll bring mine. All right. And we <laughs> can just have, like, a waffle cook-off. Okay. Ooh, a waffle Whoa. cook-off? Dude. Did, did y'all Are ever play? Did y'all ever play Neopets back in the day? Yes. Yeah. All right. You know the omelets they would always have. So like <laughs> your normal like ham and cheese, but then they'd have like some real <laughs> wacky omelets. I'm about to do that with my wall. Oh my e, gosh. Okay. E, do you know what a Neopet is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our, our producer is probably younger than Neopets, if I had to guess. <laughs> 
what a fun time to be alive that was though man gosh is are, is neopets still a thing they still around great question <laughs> neopets.com <laughs> do you think our work wi-fi will allow us to get to neopets welcome to neopets are you kidding me all right let's go oh my god is oh it's an app now yeah. oh wow yeah, everything is an app we got excited all right they still have the same little logo though what a great some wow, of those mini games are so fun some of those mini games are so fun yeah um yeah they pivoted to video <laughs> just like the rest of them man uh okay Oh wait, hold on. People also search for Webkins Zanga. Oh. <laughs> it's a good thing my Zanga's gone. Jeez, man. Uh, okay, so we're gonna talk about some uh, evaluating the Western Conference, evaluating the league. Isaac, you got some All Star picks to make coming up because voting starts soon. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the actually maybe surprise top teams in the West. Really feels like the conference is packed together, but two teams have riven have risen. Two teams has riven <laughs> above the rest of them. I'm just waffle drunk He's right hungry. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first, let's talk about the part of the pack that the Mavs are in. So right now they're they're on that they're in that group that you don't really want to be a part of. Uh, currently, what, the play-in group. Yeah. Currently, <laughs> Dallas is ninth <laughs> in the West. Um, if you're ninth or tenth, you make the play-in. But you have to win two in a row in order to yeah. make the playoffs, and you would only it's make the done. playoffs then as the eight seed. Yeah, it's been done. Though. So you know you'd have to play as the you'd have to play the number one seed, which is not ideal. Now, if you're seventh or eighth, you only got to win one game to be the seventh seed, or if you lose your first, you have a chance to win again to be the eighth seed. And so, you know, being seventh or eighth is better, but you'd rather be in the top six because then you don't got to play at all. You're just in the playoffs. Now, if you're eleventh, things get real hairy. But as it stands right now, the Mavs are only one game ahead of 11th place Minnesota, and the Mavs are about to play the Wolves twice. Mm. And so very soon, Dallas could be comfortably ahead of 11th, or they could be uncomfortably in 11th. So let's talk about some uh, uh, of those competitors real quick, and then let's talk about some of the other people that could get in the way of the Mavs achieving their goals. So first, Isaac, these are your questions. Do you want to ask them, or do you want me to ask you? I think Isaac should ask Whatever you want. What do you want, Bobby? Well, do you want to answer? Or do you want to ask? Do you want to spit your take, or do you want to <laughs> you want to extract ours? Well, the heart behind it was if for Dallas, if they want to be in the top six, which they do, it's like duh. But who's their biggest competition? Like if we look at it and say, all right, if we if we all feel confident that you know, let's say Memphis, New Orleans, Denver, Phoenix, like we feel like they're all going to be in that top four. If we mm -hmm. feel confident in that. Who's the biggest competition? Like I look at it and say, I'm not, I'm not confident Portland's gonna stay where they're at. They could. They're playing good basketball. And we'll see Friday night. Yeah, we'll see Friday night. But for me, like my answer to that is like Sacramento. Sacramento is who I'm watching. Ooh, saying. so you think the Kings are legit? I just think they're fun. And like all the vibes, the vibes, the vibes are so good with them. Seems like they have good chemistry. Sabonis and Fox is playing playing well. So it's like them and the Clippers that I'm watching and saying, are those. The, is that the biggest competition to the Mavericks making that top six in the West? I think the Clippers, for sure. Um, they just got Kawhi back, I believe. Yeah, they're still kind of – he's not playing back-to-back. -back, yeah, you know, yeah, but still, I mean, he's, the games he that he is there. playing in games, yeah. yeah. I mean, looking that good, makes too. It, that makes a big difference, mm. Kawhi being back. Um, and then also, like, Utah, they're kind of slipping. They started off, like – so well, and now they're in seventh. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't see Utah as a huge, but I, I Sacramento is one that I didn't think would be like a contender like this, but all of a sudden here they are, and I, I see them being competition for sure. I'll go on record. I'm not a Kings believer. I'm oh, a Kings doubter. Wow. Okay. You don't uh, want to light the beam. I love the beam, and You're I so hope I, 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 I want it to light up as much as possible this season. But they won, what, eight or nine in a row, and outside of that eight or nine-game win streak, they're like a very, very far below 500. Um, and so I'm just not a huge Kings guy. I could, I could pivot, hey, all right? I'm hey, leaving hey. myself room to pivot. Um, I do think Portland is legit, though, as long as Dame stays healthy. Yeah. Um, I think that Utah, if they keep that group together and Mike Conley stays healthy, their record with him this year is very good. Their record without him is not good. And hmm. so if Conley could stay healthy, I think Utah might – have a, a chance to stay up there. Clippers, of course. I am still afraid of Minnesota. Cat um, is out for them right now and is going to be out for them for I don't know how long. I'm not sure that he's going to play whenever the Mavs are up in Minnesota for two games uh, I think next week. they're kind of clicking, though, without him. Um, well, they lost three in a row. Okay. Um, and they're off. Never they're, mind. They're well, no, no, no. They're <laughs> <laughs> their defense has gotten better without him. Okay, that's um, what it is then. But okay, their I offense... Yeah, their offense without him is like 29th or 30th yeah. in the league. And so, you know, their offense is really slowed to a halt. Now, they did win a big game where D'Angelo Russell had a huge fourth quarter. I think they maybe beat Utah or something like that. D'Angelo hit like seven threes in the fourth quarter. And so without Cat, you're needing other guys to step up, right. whether it's Ant or D'Lo or guys off the bench. Um, but if – I'm still worried. I'm worried about the Wolves once Cat gets healthy. We should put the a, Warriors a board bet down. Who finished with a better record, Kings or Blazers? Blazers. You're saying Blazers. Easy. I'll even go Wolves. I'll better say Kings. Oh! Whoa. Okay. Uh, wow. Kings we, we need to start fun. putting like little bets on the the chalkboard over here. All the sticky notes they do on TNT. Dude, I'll do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll. Uh, that's easy. I would say Wolves more than Kings. The real question is hopefully Mavs Kings. But I think the the spicier question is Kings or Jazz. I just I I don't believe Utah's gonna stay there. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. But I will say in the last ten games, Kings five and five, Jazz five and five, Clippers five and five, Mavericks five and five, Golden State five and five. So Lakers. They're all kind of playing the same. They're all kind of playing the same. Warriors are in a tough spot, man, without Steph. Tough spot. They got like five road games coming up against contenders. They're not good on the road. They're not good on the road with him. Uh yeah, the Warriors are still I mean, they've only won two on the road. They're two and thirteen on the road. Two and thirteen. Yeah. I mean, Conversely, the Mavs are 3-9, and, and, and it feels like we can't win a game at all. Yeah. Yeah. Warriors 2-13. and 13. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, all right, what about uh, who, who's – let's go out of order here. Who's the biggest threat to Luka being named first-team All-NBA? Ja Morant. Ja? Ja. Who's your, like – normally there are locks. It feels like Steph would be a lock, but how much time is he missing? Yeah, he's missing a lot of time. I would say Jason Tatum's having a great year. But he would be a four. Or, well, wait a minute. Is the are NBA they going are they still doing position? I don't know. I don't think they are. I, I took this as a position thing, but I don't. I guess they're not. I don't. I don't. I don't think I can't they, remember are. If they are. I don't remember. Well, because last I year can't. guys were eligible at multiple positions. Like mm-hmm. I think Jokic was available as a power forward for some reason. Which, like, that's yeah, so yeah. But he hasn't played power forward since like 2014. I mean, I if let's say guards are a thing, so okay, Tatum would be a, a, a forward, okay. I guess, and that. Luca would be considered a guard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's why I think I feel like it would be Steph, Luca, and the biggest competition in would be Ja if Memphis Jaws. 
if they stay at one or two in the West again, let's say he doesn't miss a ton of time, he's going to have a lot of the narrative behind him, too, I think. Booker? No, Jaw. Well, what, what about He's like, no, who? <laughs> <laughs> who? <laughs> who? Um, yeah, I would have the Pez dispenser on the second team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about Donovan Mitchell? He is having Good. a tremendous SGA. Day. I mean, it would be tough for Shea to make it over the playoff guys. I would yeah. love to see Shea be an all-star, though. I think Shea, yeah, easy all-star. Yeah, and true. maybe even, like, third-team All-NBA. I feels like third so. team is where they give like you're the best players on the teams that weren't Aren't the great. best. Yeah. 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 But then again, I mean, Nikola Jokic, he won MVP on a six-ranked Denver team. So, I mean, they still were like what, 45 wins or 46 uh, wins. I mean, the West was stocked. Yeah, above 500. Um to that end though, who's the biggest threat? Let's just let's do a couple different modes here okay. okay let's say the Mavs somehow make it to 50 wins okay who who is keeping Luca from winning MVP what would need to happen for Luca to not win MVP I mean Giannis or Jason Tatum and they win what like 65 yeah. games or something yeah I mean right now Boston sits at 22 and 7 and Milwaukee's at 20 and 8 so I mean they're should be 19 and 9 Okay. <laughs> Can't get over that game, dude. I cannot get past that. What was that? Like 115-116 or something? Uh, no, the Bucks game, 106-105. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I think that was the final score. Yeah, five and six. I didn't know if it was 15-16 or five-six. I think it's Tatum. I, I think yeah. If if they stay at one in the East, he's averaging 30 a game, too. Like, he plays good defense. Eight rebounds a game for him, too, also. And I think it's Tatum is the biggest threat. And that totally feeds into that narrative of like Jason Tatum's been working in the off season. What have you been like East the Huka Doncic? Like yeah. Well, like, that was all a joke. Anyway. I know. I don't think there. it was a joke, but like we know that it was. Luka was, it was. Was it? Was it? I think okay. people want a new MVP too. Like we we do see some of the fatigue factor into you know reward stuff. Yeah. Jokic won a couple. Giannis won a couple. Who's gonna be the next guy? Whether it's you know Ja Tatum Luca. I think we're going to get a new MVP this year. What if they only go 500? Is there any scenario the Mavs win 42 games, 41, 42 games? Is there any scenario in which Luka wins MVP? No. No. What's the minimum number of wins that they have to get for Luka to win it? I think it's more I think it's more or about placement. Yeah, I think it's more in stand, more about stand. I think they have to have home court in the, in the West. For yeah. for him to even have a shot. Yeah. Just because I think there's going to be who I think there's going to be too many options that's going to be at the top of the conferences that are going to be putting up massive numbers. Giannis, Tatum, you know, whoever finishes at the top of the West. But A lot of star power in this league. Yeah. Speaking of star power, Isaac, all-star voting begins, gosh, like on Monday or something. The 20th. 20th? I believe. Is that a Tuesday? Oh, that's a Tuesday. I'm off work that day. <laughs> Let's go. Are you really? <laughs> Take vacation? Uh, You're taking PTO. I, I actually, am I? I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't know if it counts. You didn't or what. have to like request it. Yeah, just I'm just said, gonna I'm do not it. Gonna be here. I'm such an I'm such a king. I don't have to do that. <laughs> that's some that's some uh, Carl Anthony kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So Isaac, uh, who are your who are your all stars right now? It's hard to even parse through. Are you just going starting five? You're well, under the microscope right that, now. That's the hard part when you know, all star voting starts because at this point in the season there are like this handful of guys that have missed a good chunk of games mm -hmm. to where. 
you look at a guy like Jaron Jackson, you're saying, all right, he can play the rest of the year, and he's, they stay at the top, and he averages this amount, but he's only played 11 games. So, like, do you put in, are you voting for an all-star right now? Um, so, I, I look at, you know, with guards, because you get, you know, what, two guards in the starting lineup, you get um, two guards on the bench, and then you get three forwards on the bench, and then you get the two, like, utility extra, however you want to say it, um, to get that 12-man roster. Are we sure that Luke is going to start? Is there a chance Job beats him out with that? I think there's a chance. Didn't Job Job beat him out last year, right? Yeah. In the vote, Steph is obviously going to beat him in the vote. Yeah. Booker might. Well, their vote was kind of close last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Luke and Booker. So okay, so real quick, Steph Ooh. and Jamin and I have this plan of where we need to get Bad Bunny. To be like the ambassador yeah. for all star voting for Luca, kind of like um, Andrew Wiggins and the Warriors had the K pop. So, Bad Bunny. Well, those guys are in the military now, so. Wiggins if you're listening, <laughs> we need you to help back up. Are you going to slide in some DMs or what? How um, are you going to make this happen? I don't know, but they're, they're homies. Yeah. So, I mean, I think just like. The we, campaign needs to be really strong for Luca, I think. Yeah. To, to beat out Ja, with the, especially the men at the top of the West. But, like, you look at guards, I think it's pretty clear it's Luca, Steph, Jaw, um, Luca, Steph, Jaw, Booker, SGA. Mm. Fan vote won't be there for SGA, though. No, I'm, I'm just like looking at like some, oh, okay, of, the, okay. some of the bench spots. Oh, just too. Picks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then when you look at Fords, who's your third Ford starting in the West right now? Like, if, if I'm going to write in Anthony Davis, I'm going to write in Jokic. Who's your third Ford? Am I just drawing a blank of like who an obvious one would be? Some options. Zion. Um, I think Zion. LeBron. Um, that hurt my soul. Sabonis? I put Sabonis on, on the bench right now. Marketing. Marketing. <laughs> in Utah. Oh, it's in Utah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not uh, maybe Gobert. Gobert usually ends up there. Yeah. Cats missed a lot of time. Yeah. Ooh, that one. That's a tough one. Could it be Z- Zion versus LeBron for the third forward spot in the starting? Interesting. Lineup? Ooh. Wow. That's I mean, you gonna, figure LeBron. LeBron guard. is probably going to get a bajillion votes, yeah. right? Zion's probably going to get a lot of votes too. He's not, a really popular LeBron, guy. But yeah, and I mean, you look at the other teams. I guess one guard, maybe that Dame might get. He's yeah. like on the borderline there. Um, but as for as for forwards, I mean, a lot of the top teams. The Grizzlies, like Stephen Adams, eh. mm. Pelicans outside of Zion. It's, I mean, Valanciunas, maybe Brandon Ingram, maybe. But he's yeah, missed a lot of games. Yeah, he has yeah. missed Him a lot Jaren of games too. Both yeah, have played like under fifteen games. Yeah, I mean Nuggets like Aaron Gordon, like I don't know, so Suns, Aiton, Blazers, Nurkic. I mean, there's I a lot yeah. of the top teams are more Jeremy guard driven. Yeah, maybe Jeremy Grant. He's been awesome this year. Yeah. yeah. So Kirk Goldsberry for ESPN, he wrote a. Um, uh, article for ESPN Plus saying the five NBA players who could be named first-time All-Stars. So I just want to gauge you guys on this. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. 100% deserved. Yeah. Shay. Oh, yeah. yeah Absolutely we, we deserved. Talk about that. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. I think one of the Kings guys have to make it. I would I mean, think it's Sabonis. It's easier to get Sabonis on than Fox, yeah. right? Uh, Lori, Markkanen. Oh, are, are his numbers that good? He, I know he got off to kind of a, a, a hot start, but has he has he maintained that? I guess Ooh. twenty-two points, eight rebounds, 
relatively thin position, that is probably good enough. Highest scoring player on a on a plus five hundred team. Yeah, and a team that was supposed to suck. Yeah. Yeah. Here's kind of a sleeper one. Desmond Bain. Only twelve games. Yeah. yeah. Um and then other candidates, Tyrese Maxey. No. Aunt Edwards. No. Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson. Uh, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, it's on here. It's on the here. numbers are there. Yeah. I mean, the the team's record. They're now top six. They're two games over five hundred. So, you know. Uh, your guy got an honorable mention here, Paolo Bancaro. Let's go. As an all star, he's not gonna make. He's not gonna make it. Gonna make it. <laughs> uh, I thought about si- him though. Sim Simmons Simmons. Yeah. Anthony Simmons. Simons, Simons. Ben Simmons. No, Simons. <laughs> Anthony Simons. Yes. I didn't think about Simons. <laughs> That's going to be tough. I mean, how does he make it in over Dame? There's only right. like one or two guard spots up for the take in here. Dame has played at this point. I just thought the article was interesting and just brought yeah. up some names that were good for conversation. Mm-hmm. Dame's missed 11 games for him so far. But and in those games, Anthony stepped up big time. How are you going to put Simons in over Dame? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But that's I the know. thing is like as the voting goes along, when it gets closer to February, some of these guys will be locked. Like if Dame plays – from here on out, Lock. he's averaging you know twenty eight point twenty nine points a game. So like, unfortunately, odds are many of the players you listed are gonna be out too. Yeah, like guys are gonna get hurt. I mean, Steph, we presume will be back by then, yeah. but who knows? I mean, who knows? He's like, you know what? I think I would rather just chill in the Bay instead of going to Salt Lake. I mean, what if they lose twelve games in a row? Like, are they? What's going on? You know? I what's mean, I feel like some dudes didn't want to go to Cleveland last year. They were like. Eh. What's what's the what's the best uh, chance for Utah to have any like representative at All Star Weekend? Is it like Markinen three point contest? They still need to they need to stay above five hundred, and I think Lowry can maybe make the team. Yeah, because it's such a thin position. They gotta have somebody do something, right? Like, is it Clarkson in like? Do they have any dunkers? <clears throat> I mean, Malik Beasley in the three point contest, I think, is easy. Yeah. Okay. I think that's an easy one. Do they have any rookies? I mean, Walker Kessler in the rookie game? I don't know about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, like Baji. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess Lowry would have to make the team. Yeah. He's got to do something All-Star Weekend. Yeah. If they not. have to have representation yeah. at their home court. He's a <laughs> What a turn of events. Oh. He's going to be like the host player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like get like nine minutes in the game, and it's gonna be it's just gonna be tough. But um, god awful jerseys. Well, what an action packed show this was. Yeah. Wow, we had so much good stuff discussion. in here that we did not get into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really Luca good. Luca got Dorian some Dorian's oh horse. Oh my god! Ah, shoes. Real quick, newsflash. They're so cool. <laughs> are those not just adorable? They're so cute. They are neat. Go do you check think? It out. Do you think the, the horse internet. recognizes how stylish? I think, I think he is in the video. He, he, he was kind of feeling Strutting himself. stuff. Yeah. I will say the presentation of the shoes. Did Luca just have like a Trojan horse made? Like what is this? Dude. That was that Let was me open up the horse. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I was like, when I saw the video, I was like, I thought this was the real, like, I thought he actually got the horse some shoes. What is this fake horse? Like, that's not. <laughs> a, I was very confused. Yeah. God. Like, I thought Dorian really had a horse. I didn't think that it was made of wood. It was very confusing, but a good reveal. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. They're cool shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool shoes. And good they're reveal. red, real stylish. Makes me want to buy a horse so that I could get some of those <laughs> horseshoes. Okay. Because otherwise, just buying them, <laughs> buying those shoes would be kind of weird. I don't have a horse. They reminded me of like little baby shoes. 
Like all like all baby Nikes are Little just so booties. cute to me. <laughs> Expensive. Like they they make that for like three weeks. They yeah. make that <laughs> IG post really, really click though, know. man. It, it really pops. Can we match our Jordan ones for just this picture and let me drop sixty dollars on your money yeah. well spent. Ooh. Money well spent. Well, hopefully this was time well spent for you listening to us here on the corner three on Studio Forty One Radio. We will be back with you next week and until then, enjoy Mavs basketball tonight. <laughs> enjoy it throughout the week, and we will see y'all. Or hear y'all, or y'all will hear us, and et cetera. <laughs> on Studio 41 Radio next week in a 97 one, The Freak. Bye.